Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dad Show. And today's show is going to be centered around a frequently asked question from dads. And it more or less goes, my son is talented. My son has passion for the game. How do I make the most of it without screwing it up for him? So we're going to talk about that more on the Baseball Dad Show. Before we do that, head on over to BaseballDadShow.com. We have a ton of stuff there for you. We have a course specifically for baseball dads on how to raise a great man, father, husband, and leader of tomorrow. We have a scorecard to see if your son's ready to play at the next level. We have a cut-and-paste email dialogue that you can use to ask your son's coach for more playing time without looking like one of those dads. Um, and we also have a link to our Baseball Dads discussion group on Facebook, which is awesome. A couple thousand dads in there talking about everything about baseball, being a baseball dad, a dad coach, and just being a dad in general. So great conversations happening over there. Go on over to BaseballDadShow.com and you can link to all of that there. So um, it's coming up um, over 1,800 phone calls that I have had with baseball dads over the years. And um, this question is coming up more and more frequently. In fact, it's very common part of my week now to get several calls from dads of eight-year-old kids trying to figure out what the next step is. Should they play in a tournament team? Should they play in a travel team? Should they play rec? Should they play a little league? Should they, you know, should they commit? Should they have an off-season program? This is eight years old, right? Like when our our dads were not having this, these kind of worries when we were eight, year old, eight years old, right? It was like February, sign up for baseball, pay the whatever, 15 bucks to get your hat and your shirt and go play. And that's kind of the extent of how much our dads worried about baseball. So um, this, is a, this is a new world and it's tricky, right? Because now here you are, you're the dad. You're in the middle of this. Your kid has some talent. He seems to maybe have some passion for the game. Um, and he you know, wants to do it. He has a desire to go and do it. And there's people that want, it, you know, want him to play on teams and, and commit and stuff like that. But now, more and more, dads are becoming more sensitive because now this tournament kind of travel all-star academy type thing has been going on for some years. So dads have kind of seen... And there's been some stories written about kids burning out, leaving the game. They, they've seen local kids or maybe they had older children and they see kind of how it goes and they don't want it to go differently for a younger child. So um, dads are a little bit more sensitive to it. So in, the, in all the phone calls that I've had with dads, I have learned a lot from dads who got it right. I learned a whole lot more from dads who got it wrong. And so I put together a list of some things we're going to talk about in really no particular order. This is not like a step-by-step thing. These are just what I would think is that if you want to really make the most of it, not screw it up, keep balance so that he plays as long as his genetics and passion and and desire will take him, I think these are the things to focus on. So the first one I will say, there's two parts to it. So there's one part as like every player, and then there's another part that you should deal with if your son is a pitcher, okay? So number one is don't eat dessert first. The eight-year-old, nine-year-old, even the seven, the six-year-old travel ball scene is very exciting. There's no, there's no doubt about it. It's Tournament baseball is exciting. No matter, regardless of what we think of it, regardless of what us dinosaurs in baseball think of it, it's exciting. It's exciting for the players to play in tournaments than it is to play a whole bunch of regular season games. I get it. It's more exciting for the coaches because you coach a regular season game, 
you know, let's face it, some games just kind of play out, right? They're won or they're lost, and it's kind of very clear. But in a tournament, you know, there's more moves to make. There's more planning, lineup changes, switches, and then there's maybe some rules you have to contend with on pitch counts and, and how many innings kids have to play. So there's a lot more for the coach to do. So it's more exciting for the coach. It's more exciting for the parents, right? Now these games have quote-unquote meaning, right? Whether that meaning is imagined or not, there is a meaning put to that. And there's a, there's a start and a conclusion. So we have kind of this emotional completion in a short period of time, a couple days. So I get it. It's, it's super exciting. But it is as, as exciting as it is, and all of those things are true about it, it is also the number one cause of burnout for players is playing on tournament travel teams. The number one cause of burnout. So a kid who plays travel and tournament when he's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, um, and then every year their level of commitment that they have to make in the offseason and to travel and stuff like that increases year by year by year, it is the number one cause of burnout. What I would suggest to you is if you can hold off on dessert, don't eat dessert first. It will ruin your meal. You want to know if you want to be sick, have, have, have a piece of chocolate cake with ice cream and then eat a steak after and see how the next 12 to 14 hours goes. And that's kind of what uh, from, from, I see from a very large view. I see I talk to 18 parents of 18 year olds and I talk to parents of eight year olds and I have I'm trying to talk, tell the eight year old parents what the 18 year olds are telling me about their experience and trying to coach everybody in between. And so. I would suggest to you delay that world as much as you possibly can. I get it. You're in the middle of it. It's easy. It's all like we said in the very first podcast of this season, it all looks easy from behind this microphone. I get that. Um, but my advice you be as best you can delay, 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 delay. Um, and don't eat dessert first. It will still be exciting when he's 11, 12 and 13 and 14 when he's not burnt out on it. Okay, and now there's a whole other podcast that we would do about how insane I think the whole thing is at lower levels, but not for this one. <laughs> um, so uh, part two of that would be if you are a pitcher um, and your son shows some talent as a pitcher, please, 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 please listen to what I'm going to tell you. Please, please, please. And if you have any doubts, let me put you on the phone with a 14-year-old kid with a blown-out elbow or, or has got a shoulder problem or has all other kind of problems and is now out of the game of baseball. It is, it is excruciating for a father when a son is injured, especially when that, that injury is clearly an overuse injury because they threw too many innings at too, uh, too young of an age. It is excruciatingly painful for a father to think that they did not protect their child excruciating please 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 if your son has talent with pitching delay don't eat dessert first delay as much as you possibly can he's not going to miss out because he, when a when a travel ball team or a academy team sees a pitcher i don't care how good of a coach they are i don't care how much they care they are going to ride a good pitcher Yes, there are the outliers who will never do anything and they'll lose a tournament and they'll lose a game to save pitch count. Yes, there are those people out there. But I'm going to tell you, I've ridden pitchers before when I coached in high school and stuff. You, every Good teams ride pitchers. We talked in the last podcast, Clayton Kershaw is 31 years old. Seems like he's burnt out. 
seems there's problems, right? Because the Dodgers rode him for however many years it's been now, right? Tournament teams will absolutely ride pitchers. Okay, so delay as much as you can. And I would suggest that you delay even the time that your kid enters pitching competitively. Um, let him play a position. Let him play the field. Um, delay him becoming a pitcher. He will not miss out. He will get all of the competitive experience that he needs. Um, you can do more harm than, than whatever you think you'd be missing out on um, with competitive experience. You, you're, you're risking in potential injuries. Having said that, I realize I am behind this microphone and you are in the middle of, of the battle. If, uh, and this would go into the next one too, is if he's going to pitch, commit to pitch, obviously for one team, for one team. I know kids are playing on multiple teams. Do not guest pitch on teams. How am I going to say this the right way? Well, we'll just say it. When your son takes a shot to guest pitch on another team, there is a psychological, um, what you probably heard of like frames that there's people that have different frames, like power frames and control frames and ego frames and all kinds of different, you know, passive aggressive frames. Well, there's one called the prostitute frame and it's a terrible word and it's a terrible analogy and I get it, but I want to save your son's arm. You don't want to be in that position. And basically what the prostitute frame is, is someone that will allow themselves to be used. And this is when you get into these types of situations where you're guest pitching, it's what it is. It's what it is. Um, so pitch for one team at a time. I would not pitch in any more than two seasons. So I would not pitch. So it's uh, spring and summer or summer and fall. Um, I probably would not do spring and fall. I would do uh, continuous seasons if you could. If, if, you, if you're not playing continuous season, if you're just playing spring and fall, then, then pick the warmer of the two. Okay, pick the warmer of the two. And I would always skew towards the warmer of the two anyway. So I'll be honest. Like I live here in New Jersey and it's 30 degrees here today. It is the beginning of March. Baseball season is starting. Then it's not the weather is not going to be sixty degrees in two, three, four weeks. Um, this this it's cold. The first month, six weeks of the high school season is extremely cold. Um, it it kind of wasn't always this way. Um, I don't know if it's global warming or what. I don't know, but it wasn't always this way. And so I, I know the high school coaches are not going to like to hear this, but. I have to be, my allegiance has to be to you and not to coaches. My advice would be that you pitch in the two seasons that are the warm, that are warmer. So if you want to play a position for your high school, play a position. You want to pitch in the summer, that's fine. Um, but I would not, I would pick the warmer of the two. So that leads into the next one, which is um, when you're playing on these teams, commit to one season at a time. So if there's one um, aspect of kind of what evolves into year-round training, here it is. It's there's an open-ended agreement that like you kind of get to the end of the spring season and then it rolls into the summer 
And then, hey, we're going to play in the fall, and it rolls into the fall. And then, hey, we're going to do the off-season training, and, oh, okay, I guess we'll roll into that. And then, hey, the spring is starting up, and then it rolls into this. And, hey, we're going to go play in this tournament, and it rolls and rolls and rolls. And all of a sudden, things spiral out of control. So what I would say is that when you commit your son to a team, that you would commit him, say, hey, we are committed for the spring season or the spring and the summer season. And then when that's done, we'll probably take a break or we will reassess at that time. That provides you with a break that you can now, if your son does need a break or he does want to go play another sport, he does want to do other things, you now have a natural break and you're not going to tell the coach now you're not going to play on the team or you're not going to do the winter workout or you're not going to go play in that tournament. You're committing to that period of time with the team. If a team will not allow you to do that and they say, no, you need to commit to this, find yourself another team. Simple as that. Um, because if you have a coach, if there's a baseball coach who's basically telling your son at I would say at least 14 years or under, I would say so, I would say sophomore in high school would be the time where I would say that you would have to commit year round to training for baseball. Um, and if you are not, uh, if you are committed to, if, if you're having to commit to that earlier, I would find another program to be a part of because that's a coach who doesn't really have your long-term best interest at heart. I don't even think has your long-term best interest as a baseball player at heart, because there's a lot of factors about playing other sports, doing other activities that are just, just as important as skill training for baseball year round. It sounds like that coach has a very short term goal that you are a part that he is making you a part of his goal and not a part of your long-term goal. So I would, I would commit, you know, as the blocks, right? I know sometimes it's a six month commitment or whatever it is, but certainly tell the coach, like, we're committing to this. And then once that's done, we'll probably take a break and reassess. And then that way, you know, you have that agreement with the coach. Um, so commit to blocks of time. Do not have a rolling, ongoing commitment. Um, variety of activity. It, it, look, the case has been made for specialization. Just, just go out and Google it. There are universities, uh, uh, medical studies, like there's mountains of information that talk about how specialization is not the key to long-term athletic success. In fact, if you look at a lot of the drafts that um, you look at the first round, there's all kinds of like things that are posted on social media about how X number of the first round picks played another sport in high school or did another thing. Variety of activity is important. Now, here's one reason why. I was talking with a dad one time who kind of, um, this, this was in person, but he kind of um, kind of disagreed with me. And he said, no, he goes, I see my son when he, when he plays baseball for like five days a week, I see his skills increasing. And I would agree with that, but there's a, there's a very big difference between skill development and athletic development. Skill development or skill acquisition is like obviously repetition, um, and coaching with that repetition. So an athletic development is, is, is just a larger concept that will carry over into a greater area of his entire athletic career and his life, not to mention the social interaction of being around different kids, different environments, working with different coaches. So here's the difference. Skill development is two plus two is four. Two, or two times two is four, two times two is four, two times two is four, two times two is four. And as you memorize that, you can memorize it. And that's skill development, right? But, or do you want him to understand that two times two is four and, and get really good at that skill? Or do you want him to learn the principles of math, of, of multiplication? I think we all say we want to have the principles of multiplication, right? So um, there's a huge difference. 
There's a huge difference. And what happens is, here, here's the other thing with skill development at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. I take the average 12-year-old dad, and I'll tell him when he's having trouble with skills, I'll ask him, a year ago, there was less of him, right? He was smaller, shorter, weighed less, less muscle, less bone, right? He's developing. A year from now, there will be more of him. Skill acquisition is such a temporary thing. It's almost an illusion because while it looks good in the moment, the body is growing and what you're doing is, okay, let's memorize four times six. Let's memorize eight times eight. Let's memorize nine times 10. And, and we're memorizing those things. But now as it, as it gets to higher and higher levels of, of multiplication, and now you need to apply multiplication in different areas of mathematics, the principles of, of, of multiplication are not there. And now you're only relying on the things that you memorized. That's when you get a kid who is a great nine-year-old skilled player, but gets cut from the freshman baseball team. Which, by the way, is somewhat of a trend in high-performing Little League teams. I don't know if you know that. So, so a variety of activity is, to is super, super important. Super important. Make sure that they are developing athletically. It will serve them greater down the road. Um, uh, so here's another point. It's just a tough thing to, for dads to accept. But take yourself out of it. Okay, um, A tough situation, too, where kids feel like they have to continue to play or um, maybe when they want to do something else, is has dad made it clear to him that um, while baseball is great, baseball is important, a lot of other things are important too, that athletic development is a whole lot better than just becoming skilled at baseball. Um, so that is, that is one part of it. Make sure he understands where you are. Make sure that there is no social structures friendships or relationships that you have that if your son left baseball could affect those relationships, right? Or he decided to take a break from that. So take yourself out of it altogether. And it kind of leads to the last one is at some point you have to let your son um, dictate within some boundaries. So there always comes a time when, when I coach dads through this, where you have to say to your son, look, um, I understand, you know, you have, passion and you have a lot of interests and things that you want to do what's important to dad is that you know you work as hard as you can you listen to your coaches you prepare and you help you know you do your best to help uh, contribute to whatever team you're on having said that I don't care if you're on the chess team those same rules would apply um, and you have to kind of step out of it a little bit and let him co-create the outcome you know so how would you like to play you know do you want to do this or that are there other activities you would like to do you have to have these conversations with him because i'll tell you what you want to extend his baseball career don't don't make him look don't don't have him on a baseball field looking out onto a basketball field saying or basketball basketball court saying boy that looks fun because he can play basketball and develop athletically He's not going to be left behind in baseball. He just won't. Um, now, skills might be different, but the athletic development, overall development, that stuff balances out. You don't want him standing on a baseball field, looking over at the soccer field, saying, oh, man, there's a lot of my friends over there. I wouldn't mind. It looks like fun. I'd like to go play some soccer. Because that break from baseball and that variety of activity comes back and strengthens a lot of times 
the love for baseball. We talked in the opening podcast of this season that one of the things we miss is, is, is that feeling on opening day that baseball's back. And that's a whole energy and a whole, um, you know, fever to that. So you want to make sure that um, he, he completely understands where you are. And what I would encourage you to do is to have your values not situationally specific. What I mean by that is if my kids are doing karate or soccer or basketball or tennis or baseball or anything they do, my, my rules to them is there are only two things they have to do to make me happy. They have to give their best, whatever they have, right? I know that at five o'clock, they're going to a, a karate class. They've been to school all day, homework. All, I, I, I get that they don't have 100%. But like, I, I want them to give everything they got, do their very best. On a Saturday morning at 9 a.m., they probably have a little more in the tank, right? Um, the, the, the second thing is that they are respectful to um, their coaches and senseis and all that other kind of stuff. Um, that's it. That's for me. If they do those two things, I don't care the, what the activity is. I don't care situationally. There's not a different rule for karate as there is for baseball or basketball for tennis or tennis for soccer, right? These are, these are universal rules. I would suggest, and I would encourage you to adopt these types of rules so that he understands it's not the activity. It's the principles and it's the values of of what you expect as a father. It is so, so, so important that we communicate these things. Um, if you communicate these things, you will have a kid doing more activities that he's passionate about. Um, and, and he might be, let's just say, you know, metaphorically, 100% passionate about baseball, but he's 80% passionate about basketball. And he wants to play basketball. But if there's like social structures in baseball, if there's not a, if there's no commitment to blocks of time, if he feels like he's playing too much where now he can't do something that he might enjoy, I actually think like that hurts his baseball more than anything. Um, and so for me, what I've seen long-term and the dads that I've spoken to, the dads have screwed it up, specialized too early. They ate dessert first. They didn't protect their kid um, when it was, when they had to, as, as a pitcher. Um, they they kind of got themselves all wrapped up in the social structures. They got wrapped up in the excitement of the tournament and stuff like that. The guys who got it right, the guys whose kids went to the limit of whatever their genetic ability and their desire to continue was there, they did. They they were better at managing these things. They had an open dialogue with their son about what dad expected of them, about what um, uh, you know, about what activities and options were available to them, um, and to enroll them in the decision making process. Now, it doesn't mean you turn over the decision making process to them, like we've talked about. If we ask them what they want for dinner, they want Cheetos and M and M's, right? So it's like, okay, you you got to have this, this, and this, and then maybe you have a few M and M's after and a few Cheetos after or something like that. You got to create that balance in there. But the, the, dad, the dads who got it right, they did all these things right. And in the end, um, if that passion is there for the game, that passion will remain there. Um, we just don't want to put out that, that spark. So I get it. I understand dads. It's a very good, difficult situation. I also know that I look at it a completely different way than maybe you have heard from other people before. So I just, just be open to looking at this um, in a different way. So it kind of puts us to the end of this podcast. Head on over to baseballdadshow.com. Uh, lots of cool stuff over there as we talked about before. Um, and also send in your questions. We'll love to answer your questions on our mini podcasts that come out um, during the week. 
And you can email those to 567pitcher, the number 567pitcher at gmail.com, 567pitcher at gmail.com. Send your questions. Uh, we won't use your name or anything um, in those questions, so you can feel free to ask whatever question you'd like. And um, thanks so much for listening, guys. It means the world to me. Love you guys. You're awesome. And uh, we'll see you back here next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.